Welcome to the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Versero, and so glad you joined us here on the Leadership Lowdown. This is an opportunity that we love and enjoy is to try to find new guests, and sometimes we have people in new positions, and I've been waiting to personally introduce myself to this gentleman, but we haven't had the opportunity because of schedule, so we're doing it here today, right live on our show. So with us today, we have Dr. Frank Weller. He is the president of Great Lakes Christian College. Frank, we're so glad to have you here. Welcome. Vic, thanks. It's great to be a part of your show. Well, I'm glad to have you here. And before we get too far into the show, why don't we take a moment to make sure that anybody's not familiar with Great Lakes Christian College. It's a beautiful little college that's right here in the greater Lansing area. I'm not sure a lot of people know about it. Why don't you give us some context for maybe where it started, when it started, and really what you guys do there? Well, thanks, Vic. We've been around for about 70 years, and we've been located in greater Lansing now since the early 1950s. We're located at the corner of Christ and Willow Highway over in Delta Township, and we're an undergraduate institution of about 165 students, so we call ourselves a micro-college, and we train students to be servant leaders both for the church and the world, and so that means we train students to be ministers, youth ministers, worship leaders, missionaries, but also we train students to be marketplace ministers through our majors like business management, not-for-profit business management, early childhood education, communication, psychology, and counseling, history, and really just trying to help students understand not only what they can do, but why they're called to do it. Well, and I have to ask you, you know, this is going to sound, I'm sure, like a silly question, but you know, when you're president, it seems like the buck stops there at your desk almost all the time. So tell me about the kind of things that you as a president of such an important institution, what are the kind of typical things that you have to run into that come under your charge? Well, it's really for us about sustainability. We're typical of most faith-based, not-for-profit small colleges in the state of Michigan, which is, it's challenging for us to sustain enrollment in today's climate. You know, we have public universities, 12 out of the 15 Michigan public universities are facing declining enrollment, and those challenges are similar to what we face. And like most private not-for-profits here in Michigan, our enrollment has remained flat, but really For us to be sustainable as an institution, we need our enrollment to grow. And so the things that come across my desk every day are really about developing a sustainable model for our institution. That is increasing giving, both from individuals and the churches that support us, and increasing enrollment. And really, that's about 90% of my focus right now. Yeah, well, and it's important, you know, any organization has to be able to look at how do we continue down the path. You can't always just do the simple things. Sometimes the difficult things involve that financial decision-making and doing the right things. But let me ask you again another question I'm just not familiar with. Do you take federal money or state money at all? Yeah, we do. We're accredited by the Higher Learning Commission, and so it's the same accrediting association that really all of the other colleges and universities in Michigan have, and so that means our students are eligible for Title IV money. So they receive Pell Grants and Michigan Education Grants and SEOG and are also eligible for student loans. And so that's a big part of our financial model, too, and that's why the enrollment piece is so critical for us. We want students to have the opportunity to spend the Title IV money that they receive here at our campus to receive, you know, really high-quality education in a faith-based context. Yes. Well, and again, does that, in terms of what you're managing, this is kind of 
we'll get into some other important leadership questions here in a little bit. But for context, one of the things that I wonder about is, do you have a scenario where sometimes because you've taken money from the state or federal government, does that change any of the direction that you wish to head as a private Christian university? Yeah, it really doesn't. And that's because Title IV money is not given to the university. Title IV money is dispersed to the individual student, and they can use that at whatever college or university they choose. And as such, the federal government then doesn't really get involved in what we teach or the way in which we deliver the education, because students can choose to use that at Great Lakes Christian College or at any other private or public institution in Michigan. Since the money goes to the student rather than the institution, we're free of maybe what you might expect an organization that receives money directly from the federal government might have to experience. Yeah. Well, we've got to run to break here in just a little bit, but before we go there, so tell me, are you a state of Michigan guy? Yeah, I grew up in northeast Indiana on a small farm outside of a little town, but my wife and I met here at Great Lakes Christian College How about when I was an that? undergraduate here. No kidding. Yeah, so it, you came here as an undergraduate to this campus? Yeah, that's right, 1985. And I met my wife here. Interesting story, Vic. After we got married and we kind of gathered all of our belongings, we found out that we had duplicate camp pictures from summer camp. We went to the same summer camp five summers in a row, but didn't really meet each other until we went to college. Well, we like to always say God has some plans, you know, and my pastor actually says, you know, we make plans and God laughs. So who knows what's in store, but it's interesting to watch how life unfolds. And it's really interesting for us to have you right here on the Leadership Lowdown on the Michigan Business Network. We'll be right back after these messages. The Michigan Works Association believes the key to advancing prosperity across the state is accomplished through building a skilled workforce. As the state's primary workforce development association, their focus is to continue to move the needle on policy, education, and collaboration. They're creating an opportunity and building stronger communities by advocating and innovating together. And we're back right here on the Leadership Lowdown on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Verschera with Dr. Frank Weller. He is the president of Great Lakes Christian College. We're so glad to have him with us today. And I had no idea. I think a whole show I'm going to be saying this, Frank, because you and I don't know each other, but I'm looking forward to unpacking your story. And I didn't realize, but you came here out of northern Indiana to this college, and that's where you met your wife. But tell me about those early years. Did you ever dream? I mean, as a student, I can't imagine, yeah, someday I'm going to run this place and change it all around. I mean, how did that ever cross your mind? No, it really didn't. You know, I came to Great Lakes planning to go into music. I was a musician, and I thought maybe I'd be a high school music teacher. But 
you know, as you mentioned in the last segment, you know, we make plans and God laughs, and God had something different in mind. And it just turned out that my sister had attended Great Lakes Christian College, and so I followed her, and it turned out that, you know, GLC sort of became our family school. Well, and what a difference it was. And of course, it was small. At the time, how many students did you have? Yeah, you know, I'd have to go back and look, but it seems to me that probably around 115 or 120 students. So hard as it is to believe, it was even smaller then than it is today. Yeah, isn't that something? You know, and of course, I have to tell you, for a lot of people looking for college experiences, it would be interesting to me to have that type of small environment. I think it would be pretty healthy, frankly. I came from a high school graduating class. I think about 162 was the number of people in my class. And I have a friend of mine that always likes to say that he was in the part of the class that made the top half possible. (laughs) So in a small (laughs) class, you know, you could shine, but maybe not so much. But at any rate, you know what, as I think about those early years, tell me, I think all of us when we're young, were you planning something different for life? What were you thinking? Well, I really was. So I grew up on a small farm and I thought, you know, I'm either going to go one of two routes. Either I'm going to go into agriculture or I'm going to pursue some sort of music education. And in the middle 80s, boy, ag was tough. It was a tough time for farming. And so the idea of going to Purdue and graduating and then really struggling through a career in agriculture just was something that I found too daunting. And so I thought, you know what? My sister went to Great Lakes Christian College. I'm going to go there and see if I can figure some things out. It'll be a good environment in which to study and sort of sort out what God's plan is for my life. And I came here thinking I'd just be here a couple of years and ended up graduating from GLCC, meeting my wife and, you know, sort of set the course for my leadership development for years to come. Well, and of course, as you kind of unpack that and go in a certain direction, one question about Great Lakes, if you want to do a business degree, would that be an option? Or is it all basically those that want to find a toehold in ministry? No, you know, we've really made a focus over the last few years of adding what we call marketplace ministry degrees, because we recognize that students, you know, they want to study in a Christian context, they want to develop their faith, but they aren't necessarily sensing a calling to vocational ministry. And so, yes, you can come to Great Lakes Christian College and study business and graduate with a degree in business management or communication or early childhood education, psychology, counseling, even history. And, you know, we're continuing to explore even today what might be some other options for us to offer for students who want to study in a faith-based context but don't necessarily want to be employed by a church or ministry. Yeah. Well, let me ask you about your current position as the president of a college. I'm assuming you've got a board of directors that you report to that hired you, correct? Yeah, that's right. We have a board of trustees of 18 individuals. And so that in itself, so when you think about stakeholders that you have to answer to, you've got your trustees that are out there, you've got students that are out there, you've got a donor, a public that are supportive that you need to make sure that you answer to. I think there's probably, maybe I'm making this up, but it feels like a higher bar when you put the word Christian into your name title that you've got to at least be responsible to. So all of that, I got to believe president of anything is tough. President of a college has got to be tough. And president of a Christian college, man, you're probably calling on a higher power for sure. But does any of that feel like a daunting deal to try to keep all these different stakeholders happy? Well, it is daunting, Vic. And, you know, the typical college presidency lasts 
seven or eight years, and that's because there are such complex constituencies. All those that you mentioned, students, donors, alumni, the board of trustees, but also faculty, also, you know, the athletic department and the boosters who've gone through the athletic department. There are just so many multiples of constituencies that all have a stake. And, you know, that's great because we want those constituencies to really feel like they have a stake in the direction of where we're headed. We want them to be engaged and we want them to be passionate about the college. And where it sometimes can become complicated is when those passions intersect and maybe those constituencies have different thoughts about the direction of the college. And that's when the president has to, you know, be able to step back and make sure we remain focused on the mission and view the wants and desires of those respective constituencies in light of what the mission is. Well well put. We can't wait to unpack this with you in our next segment. But uh, thanks so much, Frank, for being with us here today, right here on the Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network. We'll be right back. Sinair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sinair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sinair.com. We're right here with Frank Weller. He is the president of Great Lakes Christian College, and we're so grateful to have him here on the Leadership Lowdown on the Michigan Business Network. Frank, in our last segment, we talked just briefly about some of the constituency groups that you have to be aware of and trying to, I don't want to say keep pleased because that seems patronizing. I think the idea is have them feel confident in the leadership and the direction of the university that what's going on they can buy into emotionally and through their support. And so that to me, seems like a very, <laughs> I'm thinking of the visual of the guy that's the plate spinner in the circus. He hits that plate over here and runs over to this one to spin it and keep it so it doesn't fall off. And you're just running from point to point. You've got to do that in your leadership role with purpose, though, not just tapping it. You've got to do it so it's meaningful, right? Yeah, that's right. And I think really the key to the whole thing is to finding the commonality, what's important to each of those respective constituencies. And I think that college presidents who are effective are those who can keep it about the mission because ultimately, whether you're young, whether you're old, whether you're a faculty member, a student, a donor, or representing a church in our context, if you're bought into the mission, if the mission is preeminent, if that's the most important, then you know we can figure out or we can maybe even get beyond some of our own idiosyncrasies as constituent groups because we support the mission. Well, let's spend some time there, if you don't mind, Frank, because I think what I'm hearing you say, you mentioned faculty, you've got trustees, you've got all these different entities. So when you come in, you must have 
done an exemplary job of communicating the mission, refining it to begin with, and getting it so it's crystal clear, and then making sure it's communicated, clearly posted, and regularly revisited in terms of this is what we do, right? So tell me, how does that look like from your lens to keep that mission foremost and the center of all that you do? you got to remember that I've been president for 10 months, and so it was only a year ago that we really were finalizing and determining if I was going to pursue this path. And ultimately what led me to pursue this path is that I believe in the mission. The mission has been longstanding. At GLCC, we glorify God by preparing students to be servant leaders in the church and world. And my predecessor, President Carter, did a great job of keeping that mission in front of our college family, our GLCC family. And it was that mission that really led me to pursue this path. So it hasn't been difficult. I'm passionate about preparing students to be servant leaders in the church and world. You know, my own family have experienced that through GLCC. My daughter graduated from the college. My niece is a junior here now because we really do believe in making the world a better place through service. And so it hasn't been difficult. You know, we talk about it, we write about it, we speak about it to students, to faculty, to alumni, to constituents in supporting churches. And really, as we stay focused on that, it does become the central rallying point for all of the GLCC family. That's incredible. And I don't want to leave that because, you know, I've had some different roles and responsibilities in my career. And this whole servant leadership thing, I think, is really important. And I watch sometimes in horror people that don't seem to be servant leaders. They seem to be takers. They seem to be users. Man, it's just an interesting thing to me. So tell me how, as you're administering and you're ministering to these new students that are coming in, it seems like the world is full of a lot of selfish decisions. How do you impart this whole notion of being a servant? Well, it starts first by exemplifying that personally. You know, I was a minister for 35 years, a pastor in a local church. In fact, most recently, I left the ministry at South Lansing Christian Church here on the south side of Lansing in order to come here. And one of the questions I would often ask potential staff people is, are you willing to set up chairs? <laughs> I just I want to know if people who have a title and have an office and maybe a corner office, are they willing to do the work? Are they willing to set up chairs? And so I just try to exemplify that here. You know, I try to make sure that I'm not asking anybody to do anything I'm not willing to do. I try to take some time each semester to volunteer in a way that reflects this servant leader ethos. And, you know, we don't make a big deal out of it. We don't trumpet it. We don't send out a press release. But I do think that in ways that are spoken and unspoken, students pick up on what our staff and faculty do. And they experience in our staff and faculty the same kind of servant leadership that we hope to instill in them as they go through our plan of instruction here at the college. My mind flashed back to what you were talking about. I personally knew one of the general managers at the Lansing Lugnuts. We had a large company party out there one day. And I look up, and he, as the general manager, is changing out one of the garbage bins that was overflowing, tying it off and getting it taken away. 
And I'm sure there's a lot of general managers and people with titles that would have said, hey, can you handle that for me? And instead, you know, he's doing it himself. I think exactly what you're talking about, the whole servant leadership thing. And man, it's just great stuff. Frank, I'm so grateful for your time. And I'm so glad you tuned in to Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Vercero. We'll be right back. rates for a home equity line of credit? Ask for LaughQ. Stop in today or go to LaughQ.com slash home equity. LaughQ, your credit union for life. This is the Leadership Lowdown right here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Versero with the impressive Dr. Frank Weller. He's the president of Great Lakes Christian College. And off air, Frank, we were talking about the power of relationship when it comes to building leaders and trying to do the right things. I wanted to make sure we got that on the air. Can you kind of take us through your thoughts on that? Yeah, Vic, I will. Leaders formed in the context of relationship, that may be one of the most powerful ways to really shape a leader. You know, we can read books, and we do, and we can attend seminars, and we do. But really, when you think about the most powerful leaders or the most effective leaders, almost every one of them to a person can tell a story about someone who mentored them, someone who invested in their life. And that's certainly the case for me. You know, I look back and I think of one of the very first churches I served when I graduated from college and the gentleman who mentored me, Dr. Gary Carpenter, how he let me take risks and how he provided psychological safety for me to fail and not have to be concerned about, you know, what is the consequence of failure, how he encouraged me to pursue my gifting. And, you know, I just think, boy, that's a guy who really invested in me as a leader. And that's the sort of thing we're trying to do here at the college, to provide or foster relationship between our students and our faculty and staff, because we really think relationship is the primary driver for leadership development. I couldn't agree more with you. I have a belief that no one does it alone. And there's a lot of people that I've run into in my life that have said, yeah, I had nobody helping me. Nobody did this. And they're full of nobodies. But if you really looked and lifted the covers there, you'd realize that, wait a minute, there's people that lifted you when you didn't know you needed it the most. And so I think it's really exciting to see. And I'm a big believer that sometimes God puts the people in your life when you need them the most. And so it's always fun to watch how that actually happens. But let me ask you this. When you think about If I'm a young person listening in, especially in business, I need mentors, but how do I get that mentorship thing going? Because for example, I love that the university or the college puts that together and that's kind of a core belief, 
But in the business world, oftentimes there may not be somebody that cares enough to think I need to help that young person or I need to mentor that person. So if you're on the other end of that and you're a young person, how do you get somebody interested in you to become a mentor? I really think that you just do the work, right? As you focus on whatever work you're called to do and you work hard, the folks who are in leadership recognize the qualities of a budding leader in you, and they'll find you, right? Mm, yeah. and a lot of times, and particularly I tell young people in our context, millennials, younger millennials, Generation Z, if you show up, if you work hard, you do the work, you're going to stand out. Yes. And you don't have trouble finding mentors then, right? If you're willing to come to work, work hard, stay late, remain focused, support the organization you're working for, both you know, publicly, privately, you're not going to find it difficult to find a mentor because you're going to stand out, they're going to find you. Mm, I think that's powerful. You know, let me ask you this. The other day I was listening to a talk radio show and kind of a famous announcer, female, was talking about interns. And one of the things that she said, which I thought was kind of surprising, she says, go get the coffee. And I'm like, what did she just say there? And her whole point was, look, be helpful. Because the bottom line is, if you have an attitude with that's beneath me, that's not what I do, that's not what I've hired to do, that type of thing. But her whole point is, go get the coffee, because it gives you a chance to be helpful. But on the other hand, it gives you a chance to say, look, I don't care what it is. I want to learn. I want to do anything. I'm ready to go. And I think that's a powerful message to young people entering into business, because how many times have we seen people that they might have their first job and they want to run the company first, but there's the old pay and the dues to begin with. So what are your thoughts on getting the coffee? Well, responsibility flows to the person who gets things done. Mm, well done. And so if you can demonstrate that you're someone who gets things done, even if it's something little, then you're going to be given more responsibility. In fact, you know, in our context, Jesus said that the person who succeeds in a little, to him much will be given. Mm. And absolutely go get the coffee. Go do the little things that others aren't willing to do. You know, I told my children, I've got three children now. They're all grown. They're all out of the house. They're all doing really well in, in the different fields that they've gone into. And I just told them early on, if you'll do the thing nobody else is willing to do, you're going to guarantee that you become <laughs> valuable to your employer, to your team. And, you know, they really learned that. They picked up on that. And, you know, I tell a student today that, man, if you're willing to do the thing nobody else wants to do, if you're willing to clean, you know, grab a broom, if you're willing to set up chairs, if you're willing to change out the trash, you know, you're going to stand out. And once you have developed a reputation of somebody who can be counted on, somebody who takes initiative, someone who has energy and is able to work independently opportunities are going to come your way. Frank, that's exactly right. And what I love about that is it's proactive. It's not waiting for lightning to strike or somebody to find me in obscurity. It's about doing things proactively every single day. I'm proactively taking some notes today, Frank, because you're right here on the Leadership Lowdown. And I'm so glad you tuned in to the Michigan Business Network. We'll be right back after these messages.
the workplace keeps changing and successful companies recognize and embrace change through choice, adaptability, and innovation. DBI offers affordable furniture solutions for countless workspace options that will enhance the performance of your people and organization. DBI helps customers reach their workplace goals from improving worker effectiveness and innovation to brand expression. DBI is your office furniture partner. Learn more at dbiguess.com. We've got the impressive Dr. Frank Weller with us right here. He's the president of Great Lakes Christian College. And, of course, he's right here in the Leadership Lowdown helping us fill a page full of notes of great thoughts on how to help people become servant leaders, how to be great leaders, and how to help mentor opportunities along the way. So in terms of some of your thoughts as people, we just in the last segment talked a little bit about people finding their way in the world and becoming more and more responsible, if you will, for greater things. There's some probably biblical connections to all that too, isn't there? Yeah, you know, there really are. And one of the verses that really comes to mind in the New Testament is 2 Timothy 2. 2. Now, this is the Apostle Paul, and he's writing to his young protege, Timothy, and he tells him, the things you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, and trust these to faithful people who will be able to teach others also. You know, I think what I really take away from that is that as mentors, we stand in the middle. And as people who make leadership development a priority, we have to be intentional about standing in the middle. You know, we're reaching back to someone who encouraged us, who blessed us, who mentored and trained us. But then we also have to reach forward to the next generation. And if we don't occupy that space in the middle, then the wisdom, the collective wisdom, the knowledge that we've received doesn't get passed on to the next generation. We've got to be intentional about being people who stand in the middle, whether it's in a faith context like I experience, or whether it's in the context of business or education, in order to really to pass on the good that we've received, we've got to be intentional about standing in the middle. Wow, that right there is worth the price of admission, Frank. Honestly, standing in the middle, reaching forward to understand and get the direction of those that have come before us, some of the wisdom we can gather from them, and then reaching back to those that are coming up that are looking for and may need some of that direction. I think that's just powerful stuff. And of course, as you think about some of that, one of the things that happened to me as a young person, and I think I see it in some other spots, is the impatience of youth, meaning that they want it all now, fast, boom, let's go. And there is a little bit of a, I guess, a maturing scenario where people learn a little bit, gather, and then they can start stepping forward in a little more decisive spot. Tell me about those young people that have that impatient gene like so many of young ones I've met have. Well, first of all, I think if we're honest, we all had that impatient gene yeah. as young people. I mean, we all wanted our seat at the table. You know, we wanted to move from the kids' table to the grown-up table <laughs> just as soon as we could. Right. There was a book that was really influential in my leadership development, The Making of a Leader by J. Robert Clinton. Okay. And he talked about how, at least in the faith context, God works on you before he works through you. And so we have to be patient to allow God to develop us and to prepare us. And doesn't necessarily even have to be in a faith context, but we have to be willing to do the foundational work that enables us to grow our leadership capacity 
before we really can begin to be effective as leaders. Now, those are concurrent pathways, right? We're going to be growing in effectiveness as we're leading, and it never stops. But we have to recognize that at the outset of our leadership lifetime, we need to be patient enough to lay the foundation, you know, the get up and go to work every day, the be on time, to be a person of my word, to follow through, to do the things I say I'm going to do, to be willing to take the initiative. See, we've got to learn to flex all of those muscles, and then as we develop them, then we can expect that we'll have leadership opportunities come our way. And so, you know, my advice to young people, young leaders is, hey, you know what, do the foundational work first. You don't build the second floor of a house at the beginning. You, know, you lay the foundation, right? And then you put down the subfloor and the first floor and the second floor. First things first. Yes. First things first is exactly right the way the whole world fits along the way. And so, again, the impatience, sometimes we make bad decisions because we are impatient. I can think of a career move I made when I was 24 years old, I think it was. And it's like, whoops, that was a mistake. And so it's interesting how sometimes those things unfurl on you. But in this whole process of finding our path and finding our way, a lot of times you find that people maybe go back and have to reinvest in themselves. So if you're a young person in a spot where your career is not going where you thought it would go, do you have some thoughts on rebooting, how to get started again, maybe refresh? Turn around and see where you've come from, right? And ask yourself, okay, are there experiences in the past where I have succeeded? And have I done something to move away from those? Or can I retrace my steps and lean back into that area of effectiveness where I felt like I was really in my wheelhouse? Because a lot of times when we find ourselves experiencing failure, it can be an indication that maybe we've gotten away from those sort of core or foundational principles that have led to early success. So I think, you know, really just spend some time in reflection and to say, okay, how did I get here? And is there some clue by looking backward to determine, you know, where I need to pivot or where I need to lean into what those early successes were? Well, sage advice. And so, man, this has just been so much fun talking to you. We've got only one segment left, but I'm so glad we've got Frank Weller with us today right here on the Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network. We're going to go pay some bills and we'll be right back. The attorneys of Foster Swift, Collins & Smith offer legal counsel to businesses, families, individuals, and municipalities throughout Michigan with offices in Lansing, Farmington Hills, Grand Rapids, Detroit, Marquette, and Holland. Clients know they can count on Foster Swift for all their legal needs, from straightforward wills to sophisticated business transactions and complex litigation. Learn more about Foster Swift and how they can assist you at fosterswift.com. Time flies right here on the Leadership Lowdown on the Michigan Business Network. I'm so sad we've only got one segment left with 
our impressive guest, Frank Weller. He is the president of Great Lakes Christian College. And Frank, you know, I've been just in awe of getting to know your background and some of the wisdom that you've brought to this particular chair that you're now holding. It didn't come overnight. There's a long pathway for you. But as we've talked in our conversation today, there's been some people, I'm sure, that came along the young Frank and said, hey, let me help you. (laughs) And so those people mean so much to us. Tell me if you've got any specific people you'd want to think about that really made a difference when it mattered the most. Well, you know, first comes to mind are my parents, Larry and Judy, who just built a foundation of faith and family in my life and in my sister's life from really the very beginning. It's interesting because I think the thing that sticks out the most with mom and dad is the consistency between their words and their actions. They didn't have a, you know, do as I say, not as I do approach. They had a do as I say and as I do Mm -hmm. approach. Mm -hmm. I think that's so important for parents today to, to live lives that are consistent between what they say and what they do. And, you know, my parents really did that. And so I owe a lot to Larry and Judy Weller. And interestingly, just, you know, as much as Larry and Judy did for me personally, another Larry and Judy did a lot for me professionally, and that's Larry and Judy Carter. Oh. <laughs> Larry, who was the previous president sure. of Great Lakes Christian College. Yeah. This was always an encouragement to me. When I, in 2007, sensed God's call and a bit of holy restlessness, as I call it, Larry connected me with the South Lansing Christian Church, where I ended up serving for 15 years. <laughs> when he approached his retirement, he encouraged me to consider applying for the presidency here at Great Lakes Christian College. And Larry and Judy Carter have just been consistent encouragers for me and for my wife and we hope that we can, you know, be the same. I call them the two Larrys and Judys in my life. <laughs> and, what a great had, coincidence, huh, Frank? That's a kind of a yeah, it really event. is a yeah. divine coincidence. Yeah. In your life, have you ever taken the time to write a letter to people that have contributed to your success or been a part of that? Is that something that you've ever done? Absolutely. In matter of fact, I think that gratitude is a muscle that has to be exercised or it atrophies. And so mm. every week, you know, I'm sitting down and I'm thanking someone, writing a handwritten personal note. And certainly I've done that to the Carters and to my parents. But, you know, when I visit a church, I want to make sure I thank those people. When someone makes a donation, I want to thank them. When I see a student acting in an exemplary way, I want to make sure that they're recognized. I think that gratitude may be one of the most used muscles amongst leaders and one that as we flex it, as we grow it, it pays dividends, starting with the way it impacts us because we understand that, you know, we can't do it alone. We really do stand on the shoulders of many other people. You know, it's funny because in our text world that we live in now and in our email world, you know, I go down to the mailbox daily and I'll drag home a pile of mail and honestly, I'll flip through all of the what we call junk mail. I'll flip through the bills. And all of a sudden, if there's a handwritten, hand-addressed note in there, that's the very first thing I'll look at and the very first thing. Yeah, that's I'll, right. Yeah. And so when we go back to our young people talking about trying to mentor to them and giving them ideas, you want to stand out. Drop somebody a handwritten note. You know, and I'm sure the, well, it's so expensive to mail whatever, that handwritten note. I'm looking over here to my left in my office right here, and I have a series of notes and cards that mean a lot to me. And those things don't go away. Where texts 
tend to and emails tend to. So I love what you've suggested there. And talking about not going away, Frank, are there some ways that if people have questions or interest or thoughts or want to kind of get in conversation with you, how would they find you? Well, certainly reach out to Great Lakes Christian College. My assistant, Kim, can be reached at our phone number, 517-321-0242. Of course, you can connect with the college through our website, glcc.edu. And someone can connect directly with me. My email is fweller, F-W-E-L-L-E-R, at glcc.edu. I'd love to connect with your listeners. I'd love to learn from them and anything I can do to help them or add value to what they're doing. I'm happy to do it. Well, so cool. So (laughs) such a great conversation today. I guess I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, is there a favorite verse or a favorite Bible story that the one that you kind of pull out in the back of your mind from time to time that you enjoy? You know, my life verse is 1 Thessalonians 2.8, where the Apostle Paul says, we love you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well, because you have become so dear to us. Oh, wow. I think as followers of Jesus, of course, we're going to share the good news of the gospel. But I think also we share our lives with people, too. <laughs> that we've been blessed and we're called to be a blessing. And that's probably the way we can emulate Jesus the most is just by doing life with people and trying to be a blessing to them. Wow. Hey, Frank, thank you. You've been impressive today. Really filled my page full of notes. So so grateful for you. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. And thanks for tuning in to the Leadership Lowdown right here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Bershero. I can't wait to talk to you next time.